and welcome to the Proceed podcast. This is the podcast where we delve into the world of SAP data management. I'm your host, Rebecca, and today we're talking about content management. We're looking at the S4 HANA upgrade and the implications it has on content. I'm joined today by Paul Shakeshaft, the CTO of Proceed Group and our subject matter expert on all things content management and open text. Okay, let's get started. Hi, Paul. Hi, Rebecca. Great. Okay, Uh, so I have a couple of questions here. First one is, what do we actually mean by content? Okay, in the SAP world, what we talk about content is this is our unstructured data. So this would be attachments to SAP business objects in the way of maybe a Word document, a PDF document, possibly a sound file, uh, maybe a CAD drawing. But they're, they're basically the data that's not stored within the relational database typically, and they're just files that you would open in another application but relate to the SAP data. Okay, and how does that differ from data management, structured data? Okay, so the structured data, you have defined tables, which have defined fields and are very easy to access, query and report on. So all of your business transactions, all of your master data, so your materials uh, or your product masters, all of the business documents you've got would be your structured data and they get handled as part of a migration, however you do the migration quite easily because everyone remembers them. When it comes to the unstructured data, they can get stored technically in lots of different locations using a number of different techniques and protocols. Um, And as a result of that, they're harder for people to pick up and just copy and move between your source system and your target system. So what often happens is there's some sort of stepped migration approach for these rather than what you get in your structured data where it's just a copy from A to B. This might be an export and an import. It might be a copy from A to B, or it may just be a a repointing from where it is today and we just move the pointers across. So there's a is it's a multi multi-pronged approach depending on how the data stored and how we want to access the data in the new world once we get to S4. Okay, great. And 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 with many businesses looking to move to S4 HANA, what are the biggest challenges that you're seeing with regards to content migration? I, I think the, the, the biggest issues we, we tend to see are getting the scope agreed and defined. So what content do we need to consider as part of this project? Um, uh, then, then we get on to the you know, the discussions around how are we going to migrate it? When are we going to migrate it uh, as well? But uh, as I say, the other issue that I think clients underestimate more than anything is the amount of time that content can take to migrate. If you've got, you know, a million documents to migrate and you want to migrate one file at a time, then what you will have is even if you're getting, you know, 20 files per second, that million documents is still going to take you a number of hours or days to migrate. Our our experience is, you know, 
for single file migrations, you're looking at somewhere between, you know, four and 20 documents per second, 20 being very high, four being the, the, the low that we tend to see. So, you know, you, you've got to scale that up based on the size and the scope that you're doing. Uh, and we also find that, you know, as we dig deeper into the document migration parts of the project, we actually find that customers have got unstructured data that they, not that they don't know about, or, but sometimes didn't get included in the scope and they want to bring into scope. Or sometimes you get, you know, an end user has found a way of doing something that the solution architect wasn't aware that they were doing. So as a result of that, the scope increases during the project lifecycle. Mm, okay. And do these considerations differ depending on the chosen migration route? So, you know, a new deployment or a conversion? Yeah, absolutely they do. If you're just doing a, a conversion of source to target, you've got to think about, well, where is it stored today? Can it still be stored there tomorrow? Do we need to do an upgrade on the content platform? And that's all all you really need to think about if you're just doing a straight, you know, conversion not worrying about filtering data, not worrying about any, anything around that. So that that's that's sort of nice and easy. Once you get into a a sort of a greenfield deployment where we're doing a new new implementation with basically open items being migrated, then you've got to you've got to think about the unstructured data as part of that migration project. So you've got to define exactly what you want to migrate. You've got to think about what data mapping needs to be done because you can't guarantee that the objects are going to be the same ID in the source system and the target system. Um, and, and obviously related to that, if your users aren't who do the data migration, don't actually capture that mapping at the time they do the migration, then we can't relink the objects and the documents back up. So it, it, it makes it a lot more complicated. It's not something that you can't do, but there's more considerations and more steps that you need to think about along the way. Right. Okay. And what what's the impact of not properly considering it? I, either you're going to end up leaving data behind, or orphaned, or you're going to end up with, in the worst case scenario, with data that you can extract because you know where it's coming from, but you can't link it up and store it in the new world because you haven't got the links, or you haven't got, you know, or you're missing something, or your end users haven't identified the scope correctly, so you you've left behind something that they need. It's that sort of issue you're going to get. And you quite often don't find that out until you're a long way down the project in the way of you getting into the UAT testing or the, the acceptance testing around the, the data migration, which is normally towards the tail end of the project. And at that stage, it might be too late to actually get everything resolved and fixed before you go into that cutover period for the, the main application cutover. Uh, and that it doesn't mean you don't get it done. It just means it might be a lag between the cutover of the application and the data and documents being migrated. Mm-hmm. And is this quite a common occurrence? Do, do you see this quite a lot? Uh, we see it on an, on certainly a, a high percentage of projects. I wouldn't say we see it on all, all the migration projects, but we do see it on a high percentage of the projects where you know something's got forgotten or something's got missed or we find something out at a late stage. So it's quite common. Mm. And why do you think this is? I, I think it's sort of, in part, human nature. You know, end users like that easy life. They're going to do what works for them and is efficient for them, which may not be what the solution architects who are, who are running the migration projects expect or understand was being done. Um, I, I think it's also a bit of the, you know, when 
clients change their staff over time, it tends to be knowledge transfer from existing staff to new staff. And as part of that process, the message sometimes gets changed or corrupted or so things don't always carry on the way they used to or or people carry on doing things that they find useful, but the solution architects think they don't need anymore. So it's that sort of things. It is the, the human side of company life, not the, the process side and culture side. Uh, and then the other thing is we, we find that over time, you know, the customer might have been running for 10, 15, 20 years, and that process has changed and there's still data there that they need You're using the old method, but the solution architects have only remembered the new method of doing things. So again, that's why things can drop out. So I, I just think it, it, it's the the time versus human part of the discussion. Mm, yeah, and and what would you say would be what what advice would you give to businesses? What what would be the best practices that they would need to follow to avoid stuff like this happening before, mm-hmm. during, and after the migration? I, I think you want to plan. And you want to plan for this early on in your, your project scope and make sure that you engage with the people doing the uh, the structured data and unstructured data and make sure that they're talking to each other and they know what's going on. And you do a deep dive into your system to say, actually, this is what we think we've got, but is this is this the truth? You know, go and see what you've got in your system. And that's something that I think we do quite well. It, it's go and reverse engineer what's stored in the system, what's accessible in the system, and then share that with solution architect, with the data migration team. And that then goes into your scoping. If you don't get that bit right, you just work on what you think is there. That's when you're going to miss miss key things. Uh, I, I also believe it's very important to get that testing for the migration of the documents as well as the, the data. So you need to test your process. You need to confirm that the, the business processes will work in the new environment with the migrated documents and, uh, and attachments as, as well as it did in the old system and that you're not leaving things behind that you, you need to carry forward. But equally, you're not carrying forward things that you don't actually need anymore. So I think that, that that's the main one. And uh, as I say, to, to make things easier along the way, I've touched on this already, the data mapping rules. I think we need to, you know, if we're doing a, a greenfield upgrade, those rules are important because the data migration team need to understand that you need to capture that data at the time of the migration because otherwise it's very difficult, if not impossible, to reverse engineer it back into usable data for the content team to pick it up and move it. Mm. And that's something that we can help with as a business, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. We've done this for a number of clients over the years and a number of projects. I think we've got a good tool set that help us to do the deep dive uh, analysis as to what is actually there to help uh, clients understand what's there and how it works. And I, I think, you know, that combined with our thorough understanding of how the upgrade process works and what the considerations are makes us best place to sort of support a client for a successful upgrade and project. Perfect. Right. Okay. That's great. Thank you very much, Paul. And for those that want to learn a little bit more about this topic, Paul has also put together a webinar called Getting Open Tech Solutions S4 HANA Ready, which I'll put a link to in the bio of this episode if you want to find out a little bit more about this topic. 
And I just have one final question for you, Paul. Do you have any other podcasts that you enjoy listening to that you could recommend to our to our listeners? Uh, yeah, I, I listen to a couple of podcasts. I'm not a great podcast consumer, but uh, uh, I, I listen to one called Don't Ask Tig, uh, which is an advice podcast for people who don't want advice. Uh, <laughs> it's done by a comedian and um, they, they have a guest on there and they just give a bit of advice and a bit of comedy. So it's a nice, light-hearted one. And the other one I, I listen to quite a lot is one called The Peter and Beck podcast uh, and that's an Australian fashion photographer and his assistant and they're just sat chilling out an hour a week talking about whatever they care to talk about <laughs> okay <laughs> um, so yeah th- those are the two that I listen to regularly uh, and I-, I enjoy but not IT related so great great for relaxation yeah great thank you very much we'll certainly check those out okay brilliant well thank you very much Paul Thank you, no problem.